Good day, everyone. This is Matt with A Cup of Freedom. Thank you so much for joining us today on the podcast. Today is the day the Lord has made, and we will rejoice in Him. I've got my cup of coffee, my Black Rifle coffee this morning. I'm enjoying a cup here in a cold and rainy day here in South Texas. Uh, It's kind of cold and rainy. We haven't gotten much rain lately, but we're getting some this morning. And so I'm recording from from that kind of atmosphere today. But uh, the Lord is always good, and we are celebrating the freedom that we have in Jesus Christ. The Son has set us free. We are free indeed. And we drink some coffee, some good coffee here, and we talk about the freedom that we have in Jesus. So I hope you're enjoying the goodness and the freedom that you have in Jesus today. We're gonna and we're gonna talk about um, kind of a little bit more of an extension today of uh, what we were talking about with with God's love. But but uh, thank you so much for for supporting us, for joining us. We don't want to take any of that for granted. We really do appreciate you being here. So I've, t- I've titled today's um, podcast as Looking for Love in All the Wrong Places. I don't know if you remember. <laughs> I can't think of the name of the artist right now, but there's an old country song, I believe back in the 80s, maybe maybe 80s, maybe 90s, uh, that, that was, a, it was a country song, right? Looking for Love in All the Wrong Places. I don't know if you remember this <laughs> remember this song. Um, I won't sing it for you. I'm not a, I'm not a singer, but but it's 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 actually a, a true true statement of life, especially when we're talking about uh, the flesh or fleshly behaviors that we just can't seem to overcome. We can't seem to stop. Uh, where does this come from? Where does this where is this developed? Um, why am I compulsively going to these you know behaviors or these addictions that I can't seem to break free from? And so so much of that is. I believe is that we we're looking for love in the wrong places. We're looking for value, for worth, for acceptance. Those core needs that we have uh, as human beings, uh, we're looking for to get those needs met through someone or something else. And while it may even be something that we think is good and healthy, but something that's good and healthy that uh, that we're looking to get that need met from can also turn into an obsession or a codependency or, or a or a need, if, if you will. Uh, and so that's what I want to talk about today. I want to unpack that because I think this is the core of, of what we're dealing with. We, we were made by God. Uh, he created us. We were made for himself to get these core needs that we have for love, for acceptance, for worth, for value, to be provided at the core by him and him alone. And if that question doesn't get settled or we're not anchored in that, which all of us struggle, no matter how far along this freedom journey we are, we all still at times struggle with with that, anchoring ourselves to the truth, to the core of his deep love, like, delight, acceptance, um, value, and worth in him. And we can spend, uh, most people can spend most of their lives still looking for that love, that deep love that only God can truly provide, that deep soul satisfaction, that deep living water that Jesus tells the woman at the well, you drink of me and you'll never thirst again, this acceptance, this value, this worth that no other human being can give or was even made or designed to give. And so we've 
we've we've come into this world, you know, as as we don't under, we don't know this when we're little, but we come into this world and we have these few basic needs outside of the physical needs, but more more importantly the spiritual needs. We we have the need to be loved and accepted and have this need of worth and of value. This is the way that God made us. Adam and Eve had that in the beginning. They had that. And what happened? The enemy lied to them. They they made it deceived them. He could the enemy couldn't take it away, but he could lie to them and deceive it, deceive them. Oh, you don't really have all that you need in God. You can actually now choose this, choose to eat of this tree, and you can be like God. That was the temptation. That was the deception, right? That that the 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 what what they had in God wasn't enough for them. That they couldn't really trust that what God had said was the truth. And that's the way we live a lot of a lot of our lives. We're looking for love or we're looking to find that value, love, acceptance in someone or something else. But when we're you know when we come into the world, we don't have this relationship with him yet. So what do we do? We go about getting our needs met in other ways. Um, maybe we develop the need that we, we develop a performance mentality or, a, or a, a compulsion to succeed or or whatever that may be. That was a lot of a lot of my early, especially in my teen years that developed in the performance mindset of 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 uh, if I performed this way, then other people will like me and then God will surely like me as well and develop into a religious set of of you know a religious system that I was living out of all these religious do's and don'ts to perform for God ultimately that's one way we maybe we're maybe we are driven uh, by success uh, if i have if i have this material success or financial success or whatever that may be or career success then then that's where i'm getting my 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 acceptance value and worth from uh, maybe we are we learn early on, which we all do, how to deal with issues in our lives, stress, whatever that may be, problems. We learn to cope. We learn to self protect ourselves, to defend, to to survive, to find comfort. Right, all these things. The Bible calls this the flesh, and I'm going to do probably a series on the flesh a little more in depth. But the flesh is simply any way that we go to. Uh, Anything that we've learned, learned attitudes, uh, behaviors, mindsets, for sure, uh, that are getting our needs met apart from Christ. That's the flesh, uh, and that's what that's what Scripture calls it. When I go to the flesh, I'm not in the flesh, but I can choose to walk by the flesh. It's important to know the distinction. I'm in the Spirit. Christ is in me always, but I have two ways to choose to walk. I can walk by the Spirit, or I can walk by the flesh, and so the flesh is 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 the way that you and I uh, before Christ, but we, but it's still uh, you know, especially if you came to Christ later on in life, you had those a lot more developed. I, I trusted Jesus at seven years old, but I still had fleshly patterns that I was learning apart from Christ that were that I was learning how to get life from, how to get love from, and so. You and I have that. We still have flesh patterns that we learned to get our needs met for what? For love, acceptance, worth, value, security, whatever those may be. It's basically the way way I say it's 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 a learned it's a learned um, dependence on other things instead of God. So I've learned to depend on this 
for my worth. And and that there we we can see those as some things that maybe are not necessarily bad things uh, per se. Uh, in other words, maybe I've learned to depend on my spouse for my worth. Well, what happens when my spouse doesn't come through for me or lets me down or whatever? So a spouse, a good thing, but maybe I've learned to look to them for something they can never provide. And we can always, yeah, definitely see the, the the kind of more negative side of that. Of I've learned dependence on pornography to provide worth and value. That was obviously something that said, oh, yeah, that's definitely wrong. But we don't often see the more religious or the, or the other uh, sides of it, more acceptable, I guess, things that would be still the flesh, the religious part of it for sure, um, and, and even others that can be what I would say more uh, acceptable, like workaholism or perfectionism or drivenness to succeed, um, self-sufficiency, materialism even, even, even controlling. Some of those things can all, can, I think they're a little bit more, they're, they're harder to recognize because they're the messages that the world has given to us. And a lot of times, even in Christianity now, those messages have come, come in of self-help, of self-improvement, of coping, uh, coping, sure, coping in a biblical way we present it as, but not necessarily that. So all those can can be maybe more what I would say the acceptable ways of walking by the flesh. But there's still anything that's that's learned dependence apart from Christ in me is still the flesh. And so after we became a Christian, so that that's you later on in life. We even though we're now in the spirit, the 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 flesh still isn't going away. Uh, until we're with Jesus, it's still in the world. That's one of our opponents. The flesh is still there. So we have the, 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 the fleshly mindsets, the fleshly attitudes, and some of the fleshly coping skills that we've learned that God is still trying to renew our minds to. And we, from time to time, still turn to those to get to look for love in all the wrong places. And it does have, at times, may seem like a really powerful pull on us. Why? Because we've gone to them for so much. It's almost like now it's subconscious. We're not even conscious of what we go to for comfort, security, acceptance, value, worth, love, all those things. Um, it's it's what's worked for us. It's what's come through for us in the past. I mean, you know, this may not sound right, but those of you that have addictive uh, behavior issues. You know, I thought pornogra- pornography was something I kept going back to because in some ways, even though I didn't really want it, uh, I didn't want it, um, and I was disgusted with it, it came through for me. It was like the best friend that you don't really want to be around. It's not a good influence on you. <laughs> it's like the friend, yeah, the friend that you know you shouldn't hang around with, but but uh, but you you still do because they may be the only friend you have. In some ways, that's kind of how pornography was. It was almost like the only thing that I really truly felt like I was experiencing somewhat, even though it was fake and false and a lie, somewhat of a of acceptance and love and worth and value in a false way. And so it's worked for us. We don't go to things that don't work for us. In some ways, even though the lie, it's a lie, it still, still worked for us in the moment. It provided what it was telling us it was going to provide until it doesn't. Because it can never provide. It may provide a physical release, or it may provide something that was that was a quick, you know, whatever thrill or whatever. But it's never going to provide the deep level, the core needs in our spirit and soul of what Christ can only provide. And so it's the old, it's those old ways of living. The flesh is 
is what makes the world go around. We can see that the people, the people that are unbelievers, an unbeliever is still in the flesh. They don't know that. They may not know that, but they're still in the flesh. So um, these God-given needs must be met. Okay, God made us that way. So these, the, this looking for love, this must be met. And so, so even though we are in Christ, if we are looking to get those needs met apart from Him, instead of trusting Him and what He's already provided, then this is the this is the what is it, how, what word I want. This is the drivenness that people go to, the search, if you will, for love, that drives so many people in so many different ways. Uh, it's it's what drives most people, Christian and non-Christian. Um, an unbeliever may not know that their their deep core need is unconditional love, but that's what they're looking for in so many different ways. Uh, a believer as well. Believer, just because someone's in Christ doesn't mean they're still that we're still not at times going to look to get our needs met, and we're trusting in someone or something else to get those needs met. And so um, <laughs> it's impossible to give that up or to, to find it in something or someone else. We can sure try to give oh, I'm just, just you know giving, giving up on that. I, I, nobody will love me, nobody accept me. okay but but again, it's impossible to to um, give up on something that God made us with. He made us with the core needs of unconditional love, acceptance and worth to get those. And so if we, you know, the way we go about getting those needs met is where we're going to truly find our identity. And you know me, I'll talk huge about identity. If we don't know who we are and how loved we are by God and how liked we are by Him, then we are going to put on a bunch of fake identities, which I did, performance, approval, worth, acceptance, created two versions of myself. I didn't know really truly what the foundational truth of what God had done to me and in me. So that's where I found my sense of self-worth was through performance, through religious systems of of religiosity and all of that. Um, And it's where we find life. Those are the ways that we think we find life, little L life. And then Jesus comes along and says, well, I am the way, the truth, and the life, capital L life. I am the life, and I live in you. And so Jesus is life. He is the life. And he came to give us his life and put his life in union with us. That's the gospel. And yet, sadly, this is not to give you bad news, but the good news will be well, is coming. But sadly, we, nearly all the world, and many, many Christians, as I did myself, are looking for this life and this love in all the wrong places. And I I can still get lured into that at times, looking for looking for life in anything apart from Christ. And so we, you know, here we are, here we are. We grow up, we start facing challenges, problems, issues, and we go through our daily life and then we start getting messages. And I'm going to do I'm going to start a series here in a week or so about belief system and this is where it comes from. We start getting messages about who we are. Well, who tells us? Our parents um, teachers, friends, coaches, bosses, uh, just other people in general. They start telling us who we are, and if we are, if we get messages, and I'm going to go into this more, we, get, we can get some messages that are good and some messages that are negative. And all of this begins to build in us our beliefs about who we really are. 
Um, and so at first, they're kind of just maybe just feelings. This is where I'm going to go into this. The, the feelings of, for me, were at some point, I started to experience rejection. So I started feeling unworthy. But then what happens is, over time, as the feelings continue to be reinforced, then I bought into and I believed the lie that I wasn't just feeling unworthy anymore. Now I am unworthy I am unlovable. I am worthy of rejection. When it goes to a belief, that's when it becomes an identity. And we believe we are that. And so as a result of that, what happens? We believe in false identities. Uh, that's not who, who we truly are in Christ. And these, these false identities come from all kinds of places. The, a lot of it comes from our family environment that we grew up in, the world for sure, uh, the, the hurts and the wounds that we've experienced uh, in our own lives. Um, it comes from the flesh. Sure, again, like I said, the flesh, the ways that we've developed and how to deal with all those, uh, deal with life. Uh, and the enemy. The enemy, of course, is going to tell, tell us lies about ourselves. Uh, the enemy is constantly accusing us and lying to us about ourselves, about who we are, about what God, who God is and how, what he's provided for us, the, the love and the life that we have in him and, and what we need in life. We think that we need to go and find this worth and value and acceptance in, in other people and other things. And yet all of this shapes our identity. It shapes our belief systems. It shapes everything in life that we do to go to look for love in all the wrong places. We try to get our needs met. We develop we develop uh, these coping skills, if you will. We don't even see it. This is how we get into what Scripture would call the stronghold and the bondage. And so the world tells us, well, uh, this is how you go and find love. You find love through another person or through just sex or through whatever that may be. Okay, And that's where you may get the hookup culture or just go out and there's, there's someone out there that's going to love you and this is how you find love. Okay? The flesh is going to lie to you and say, well, this is what you've used in the past, and you and it really does, it came through for you, you know, look at that pornography, it came through for you, it was there for you, it was like the best friend that you didn't know you had, and and so it's, again, the flesh, Those the, it lies to us saying, these are, these are how you get your needs met apart from God. And then, of course, the enemy is going to for sure lie to us and say, well, God, God, God really doesn't love you that much. He wants you to perform and do all this religious stuff for Him. And look at what you look at your behavior. Look at look at you. You're just an addict. You're just you're just no good. You're just you are unlovable because you just can't get it together. You just can't get it together. And so what? How does it? Those messages we receive if we receive them, we start feeling unworthy, inadequate, unlovable, insecure, and all those kind of things. It develops into not just feeling that, but then the identity comes, well, something must be wrong with me. I am unlovable. So the search continues. We either probably, we either give up and settle for the fake uh, ways of love with you know pornography or religiosities or whatever, or we or some people just give up on that too. Like that just doesn't provide, or we, we try to find it in other people. This is where codependency comes in with relationships so much. This person completes me. And if I don't have this person, it's not even really sometimes about the person. I, I work with guys all the time who, when the codependency comes out, you can really tell it's not even about the person. It's about the idea they don't want to be alone. The, 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 the insecurity is so deep you know, there that, that it's more about that than it is even about the other person. They're, they're in some ways, the other person is, 
is is irrelevant. It's just the it's just the idea they don't want to be alone. They're looking for love in this other person. They're looking for this other person to validate, give them security, value, worth, all of those things. When God says, "You've already got it all in me," will you trust me? Can you trust that I am providing all of those? all of those needs at the core of who you are. And here's the thing. You, you've heard me say this before. This is why belief systems are so important, and we're going to do a series on this, is we always behave how we perceive ourselves. In other words, we do what we do in our actions out of what we believe. We will not live consistently beyond what we believe. So if we wrongly think that this is who we really are, that we're unlovable and then we and then we also wrongly believe we got to go out and find it in this in this system of religious or religion or uh, these addictive behaviors or other people or workaholism or perfectionism or self whatever that may be whatever those messages are some of them are easier to identify than others we may be able to I say oh yeah well sure drugs alcohol sex you know eating disorder all those kind of things yeah those those would surely be the very bad ones, but we don't, sometimes we don't always see <laughs> the drivenness to succeed, the workaholism, the self-sufficiency, the materialism, the, some of those, or the, even the religious side of it, the religiosity of performing for God in order to get something that I don't have. So, so, so this, so this happens, right? And so we, what we do, we, we, I think one, this is one of the enemy's biggest lies is what we do is who we are. And it's it's infiltrated the church. It's not, and we you you listen to this podcast for any length of time, you've heard me say no. It's not what you do that determines who you are. It's your birth that determines who you are. I was born into the Galbraith family. My parents are Dave and Joanne Galbraith. That's my birthright. I was born. There's no. I could behave horribly for the rest of my life, and. I'm still a Galbraith. I can't deny my birthright because that's my birthright. I was born into the family. When we were born into the family of God, we are now born as his reborn, as his much-loved sons and daughters, new creations in Christ. That's who we are by birth, not behavior. So many people get this. I would encourage you, if that's something you've been told or you 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 know believe which I did well I couldn't get over this addiction for 20 years so that must that's who I am I was looking for this love in all the wrong places and so I th- began to believe that's just who I am and as God through his supernatural revelation through the holy spirit began to reveal no Matt this is who you are by your new birth in me that was incredibly freeing. I would encourage you, if you're if that's something you still struggle with, I would encourage you to go to the Lord, ask the Spirit of God to reveal this, because this is the truth of the gospel that that you your new birth has changed you radically at the core. Uh, and so, but but if if that that's the enemy's lie, if we believe that, and some of the ways that we've behaved, our flesh patterns, right? Um, you know, w- w- you know, sex addiction or whatever those may be, right? Um, so those were, con- or a lot of that's considered unacceptable then by the, by, by the church. Some are considered really, really bad. The sex, drugs, alcohol, that kind of stuff. Some are, like I said, some are considered acceptable, even praiseworthy, such as the drivenness to succeed and workaholism. Uh, some of you men out there have been, were maybe told that you just got to bring home the bacon. 
and your workaholism becomes your identity and you maybe spent 60, 70, 80 hours a week at work and you wore that as a as a trophy, maybe an invisible trophy. I just am a great great at working and that's just that's just what it is. And that was your way, you may not have seen it, that was your way of getting your love and acceptance and value. Uh, I see this all the time with guys that I that I that I'm working with. So any any of that, and we may have been praised for it. Some of the religiosity that I was praised for some of that. Oh well, look how many Bible verses you've memorized, and look at how many all of this looking for love in all the wrong places. And so our our behavior might be good, right, noble, and maybe even we think spiritual or religious. But if we're trying to get these needs met out of our own resources, out of the flesh, or out of any other, basically our own our own resources, then we're looking apart from God. Instead of looking to Christ in me, we're operating out of the flesh. We may not see it that way, but we are. We can, we're walking by the flesh. And it becomes a stronghold in our life. It becomes, it becomes, I, it's, it becomes more than just, I feel unlovable. I feel unworthy. I am now I am now, I believe myself to be unlovable and unworthy. And that's that's where the stronghold comes in. That's where the lie comes in. And we don't we don't see it. Uh, and we're looking for love in all the wrong places. But there the truth is, and I want to end with this because I've already gone too long, but this is so important. This is so important of how this develops, and we don't see it oftentimes. The answer, what is the answer? Well, it's always the answer is always Jesus. It's Christ in me. But but you know the question comes is then if we've believed these lies about ourselves we're, we're we're projecting some of those lies onto god maybe all of them so if i believe myself to be unlovable well then i surely believe that god is disgusted with me doesn't love me very much and so the only way that i can truly begin to receive this this love from god is that i believe that he he's loving me unconditionally he's loving me perfectly all the time that his heart is actually love for me. First John 4.19 says, We love because he first loved us. We, we can't love without the love of God because that's the only true love that there is. So God initiates this. He stirs our hearts. God, every, all the context of all these fleshly behavior patterns, what if all the context of that was God continuing to woo us, to reveal to us, to invite us to receive his unconditional love, that he is loving us perfectly, completely at all times. I'm not there yet, but I am so much further along the path as I've shared with you on this podcast that I am I'm becoming more and more convinced that the context of all these fleshly behaviors and attitudes, the context of, of challenging circumstances in my life, the context of hurts and pains and challenges, all of those is God's is God's avenue is the context of me becoming more and more convinced that God is always loving me perfectly and completely in the midst of all of that in the midst of all of that and that will continue he's initiating all of it he's the cause and effect of all of it i'm simply invited to believe it and receive it i'm that's that's the that's the role of us that's for salvation and that's also the christian life it's to believe it and to receive it to believe that I actually have all my needs met at the core. Philippians 4, I think it's 4.19, says he has met all of our needs in Christ Jesus. All is a, the last time I looked up in the dictionary, the word all means all. <laughs> he hasn't met some of your needs. 
He hasn't met a few of them. He's not still at the core of who you are in your spirit. He's met all the core spiritual needs that you have of unconditional love, acceptance, value, worth, security, all of them. And now in our soul, we want to experience, we drink from what we have, and then we experience that in our soul. And then when somebody rejects us, we can say, you know what? Yeah, they rejected us, but that's not where my identity is found. You know, some something happens in our life and we get the feeling of insecurity. Uh, someone may have left us or someone may have whatever. And, we, and we're like, okay, yeah, that hurts. I acknowledge the hurt. I didn't like that that happened, but I have my security firmly anchored and firmly found in Jesus Christ. That's The context is the situation, the circumstance, but I can still believe truth in the midst of an uncomfortable, bad, hurtful circumstance. I can still choose to believe truth in that. The only way we can truly know this love is through the context of this. We're invited to that. Some of it, Sometimes it, it gets people... Um, turned away from 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 God because they think that God's still holding out on them or still waiting for them to get their act together. When you realize that God's continuously wooing you to, he's pursuing you to, I didn't realize that, that even in those 20 years of this fleshly addiction, that God was still trying to woo me to believe what I already had in him, that I already had those needs met in him, and I didn't need to go to pornography or anything or anyone else to get those needs met that he had already provided the living water at the depth of my spirit he wanted me to he wanted me to to know that in my soul and experience that he was always working behind the scenes and in the midst of the circumstances and in the midst of all of that addiction bringing me to this place where i uh, you know th- through his freedom and through his love through his grace that i could experience this love and freedom and grace it's 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 humbling for me. God never gave up on me. He doesn't give up on you. It's 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 truth. It, the truth really does set someone free. I was blind to the to the incredible freeing power of his love for so long. But through the supernatural revelation of God's spirit, the scales began to come off. The scales began to come off my eyes, and it was like God was revealing, and I still had to make a choice to believe it and receive it. I didn't have to earn any of it. I didn't have to clean up my act, jump through a bunch of hoops. It was like, no, Matt, you already have the new birth. This is what I really feel about you and think about you and what is true of you. And I want to leave you with this verse, but it's it's actually an Old Testament verse, but it's it's this this idea of God taking delight in you. Zephaniah three seventeen. It says, He will take delight in you with gladness, with his love. He will calm all your fears. He will rejoice over you with joyful songs. He's singing over you right now. Some version I think have He's taking joy in you right now because you're in him and he's in you. This word delight means like to have great joy. You bring God great joy, not by what you do or don't do. This is where it gets, I I don't bring God joy by me doing a bunch of spiritual things and saying no to pornography. I bring him great joy simply by who I am in him as his much loved son. That's where we find, that's where we find this love, this unconditional love. It's in him. And we find this hard to believe. Why? Because we've been looking for love in all the wrong places. 
we, and we truly don't really understand what unconditional love is because even the people in this world, in this life who have loved us the best, it's still conditional. They have not loved us perfectly. Only God, only God is loving you perfectly at all times. And we think that because that we are conditional lovers, that God is conditional as well. We think if we do something or don't do something, that God's love for us will change. It never changes. As an old friend used to say to me, and someone I've heard, I've heard this say before, God, God loves you and there's nothing you can do about it. There's nothing you can do about it. And not only does he love you, but he likes you and he takes delight in you. He's rejoicing over you. When this begins to, when you begin to believe this, this is when transformation happens. This is when the strongholds are released. The chains of the lying beliefs are released. Wow. That's when freedom is experienced. You already have freedom. You already have his life, but that's when we experience it with the chains of our, of those lying beliefs that I'm, I've got to go out and find these needs through something or someone else. It's, we can be free to let go of that because we've already got everything we need in Christ right now. And it allows us to enjoy those, those things, those good things in much better ways. Our spouses, our jobs, our work, our careers, our, even our material possessions, because now they don't have this hold over us as my identity. That's when you know you're experiencing this freedom is when something doesn't have that hold over you. Only Christ. Only Christ and the dependence you have in him. I've gone too long today, but this is, this is the freedom journey. To know and be convinced that he's not only loving you perfectly, but he's liking you perfectly. He's taking delight in you right now. He's taking great joy in you right now. Choose to believe that today. Choose to receive it. Choose to accept it. Choose to walk in it. You can give up the search. You can give up the look for trying to find love in all the wrong places. Because if you're in Christ, you've already got it. You've already got it. Believe that today. Accept that today. Walk in that today. That is the freedom journey. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. Please reach out to us. We'd love any feedback you have. If you wouldn't mind leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts, that would so encourage us. We're heard, we're heard on all the platforms, uh, even Amazon Music now, so that's really great. Uh, so leave us a review. We'd love to, uh, that would bring us great encouragement. If you'd like to support us, we would also uh, appreciate that. We so uh, so appreciate those of you that have already come alongside to support us. Uh, and if you want to pursue one-on-one coaching, uh, please reach out to us as well. Uh, that's something that we offer as well. So as we say here on this podcast, come as you are and find freedom. We'll talk to you next time.